I bring you greetings in the name of the Lord. Thank you for reaching out and praying for me. I received several messages directly and indirectly asking and wondering why there was no new broadcast last week. Thank you for following Jesus closely. Thank you for paying attention to the word of the Lord. I've been traveling and God has shown me mercy. Oh yes, been to about 10 cities across two continents in the last few days by road, by train, or by plane. But in all, God has been faithful. I'm still currently abroad on a mission, so please pray for me. Pray for me. Remember me in your prayer like Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 19. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will boldly make known the mystery of the gospel. Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 6. Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 6. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now, this is his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. The Lord, our righteousness. Righteousness is the nature of God. He is the righteous one and the righteous judge. So when the righteous judge presents this awesome and glorious invitation for you and me to abide and dwell in him, it simply means he is calling us to a place where his righteousness can be imparted into us by faith. His righteousness can be imparted into us by faith, by faith, by faith. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, that for he made him who knew no sin to be seen for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The righteousness of God in him. Please note that he said that we might become the righteousness of God in him him. We cannot, I repeat, we cannot become the righteousness of God outside God. It's impossible. It's impossible. We cannot become the righteousness of God independent of God. In becoming the righteousness of God, you have no choice. I have no choice but to abide and remain in him to abide and remain in him. The process of abiding positions us for the impartation of the righteousness of God. Oh yes, the gift of the Spirit and fruit of righteousness are different. The gift of the Spirit and the fruit of righteousness are different. Oh yes, the gift of the Spirit helps us to do the work of ministry. It helps you to do the work of God here on earth. And you do not need to be necessarily righteous to do the work of the ministry. Oh, you don't. 
may I say with all due caution that you do not need to have an encounter with God to have the gift of the Spirit. I have received several gifts from people I do not know or have any form of relationship with. My wife and I have received good and precious Christmas gifts from people we have no tangible relationship with, people we have no direct relationship with. As it is possible to receive gifts from men without having any special or unique relationship with them, so it is possible, it is possible to receive gifts from the Lord Jesus Christ without having any serious relationship with Him. Speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says, We are for, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He gave gifts unto men. The Bible did not record that Jesus gave to his disciples only, nor did he say that Jesus gave good gift to good people, to holy people, and to wonderful people. No, the gift of the Spirit were given to men, freely given to men for the work of ministry. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 tells us that he himself, Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. In the principles of kingdom advancement, Jesus is the builder of his church. He is the builder of his church. I will build my church, he said, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So Jesus is the builder of his church and then he gave gifts to men for the purpose of the work of ministry, for them to do the work, for them to be co-laborers with him, while the gift of the Spirit is for the work of the kingdom, for the edification of the saints, the fruit of the Spirit is personal. The fruit of the Spirit is however meant to help us live and live absolutely for God, to live absolutely for God. May I emphasize that it is impossible, impossible possible for us to live for God without abiding in him and in him alone. There is no alternative. There is no shortcut. There is no way out. If you want to live for God, if you want to live the life of the kingdom, the life of Christ here on earth, we must abide in him. And abiding in him helps us to produce fruit of the spirit. Gifts can be imparted and received by the laying on of hands. Please note that. Gifts of the spirit can be imparted. Gifts of the spirit can be transferred or transmitted by the laying on of hands. Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 saying to Timothy, he said, For this reason I remind you, Timothy, to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Through the laying on of my hands. So spiritual gifts can be imparted 
started by the laying on of hands. A man can lay hands on you and you will start prophesying. A man can lay hands on you and you become an evangelist. You will start evangelizing. You can even become an apostle, a bishop. You can be consecrated a bishop by the laying on of hands. Consecrated a pastor by the laying on of hands. Gifts can be transferred, can be imparted, and can also be received by prophecy. By prophecy, Paul admonished his son Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, saying, Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. So, you can receive impartation of the gift of the Spirit by the laying on of hands or by prophetic words. Yes, but abiding fruits, abiding fruits of the Spirit, which demonstrates that you have been with Christ. For by their fruits you shall know them, not by their gifts. Oh yes, gifts can be deceptive. Many people consecrated as bishops, as pastors, as leaders, and yet they have no relationship whatsoever with God. But it is impossible for you to produce the fruit of the Spirit without having relationship with God. So I charge you this morning, desire much more than ever before, desire to produce fruit. We have a generation that looks for position, that looks, that pursues after gift. So much desire, want to be apostle, want to be recognized, wants to be known. How can you desire the gift when the fruit of the spirit is not at work in you? Abiding fruit of the Spirit can only, I repeat, can only be developed and produced through enduring process. The enduring process of tarrying and waiting in God's presence. Except the crop of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abideth alone. Oh, fruits are only produced when they have giving up on themselves and they dwell in his presence. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear many fruits and your fruits will abide. Although our generation love to claim, we love to take, we love to receive. I claim this, I take it by faith, I receive it by faith. Yes, all these are possible with the gifts, but with the fruits, there is no claiming or taken by faith, there is only one way to produce in fruit, abiding in him. Paul admonished, covet spiritual gift. You can covet spiritual gift. You can, you, can, you can claim it. You can take it. You can even pay your way through it to get someone to lay hands on you. You can sow seed for it. You can get the gift of the Spirit one way or the other by getting somebody to lay hands on you or prophesy over your life. But the fruit of the Spirit, you cannot pay for it.
No way, you cannot. You cannot sow seed for it, brothers. No way. You must sow yourself as the seed. You must fall to the ground and die. You die to self. You die to pride. Pride of life. The lust of the eye. The lust of the flesh. The pride of life. You must die daily. No wonder Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, he said, I die daily. Daily death. Daily death to self, death to the world is the key to producing much fruit that will abide in him. To abide in him, to abide in Christ is very simple. As a matter of fact, the simplicity of the word of God is why many people have missed the power and wonders of the word of God. The solution to every complex problem is in the word of God. So to abide in God is to look through the word of God and receive the grace of God to do everything, I repeat, everything that is written as required by the Lord. John chapter 15 verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. The indwelling of the word of God in a believer is the proof of his deep-rootedness in Christ. I say that again. The indwelling of the word of God in a believer is the proof of his deep rootedness in Christ. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you. How? Richly. Not scantily. Not briefly. Not, not, not temporary. Richly. The proof that you are abiding in him is that his word abides in you. The level of his word in you determines the extent to which you are grafted in Christ. When his word abides in you, it means your life and your activities, your business, your marriage, your ministry, your thought, your reasoning are conditioned and guided and controlled by the word of God. You allow God's word to lead and order your step. You respond to the word of God. When the word of God says forgive, you do not hold back. When the word of God says love not the world, you do not look for ways around it to, to, to doctor it or to manage it. When the word of God says give, you do not look for ways to hold back. You respond to the word of God. To the one that abides in Christ. The word of God becomes the compass that guides their life. The word of God becomes the light that shines on their path and leads them along the path of life. To abide in him is to gain access to the leading of the spirit along the path of righteousness. His abiding word in you is your guiding life that leads you in the path of righteousness. But the path of righteousness can only be revealed to those who rest in the green pastures 
of the Most High God. Friends, there are many paths out there and there are many ways to take in life. Unfortunately, most of those paths lead to a dead end, leads to end full of regrets, full of pain and struggles. But in the path of righteousness is life. In the path of righteousness is the grace and mercy of God revealed. Once David was set to follow the path of righteousness in Psalm 23, he was surely confident that goodness and mercy would follow him all the days of his life. Oh yes, once you are set in the path of righteousness, goodness and mercy have no choice but to follow you and follow you closely. Goodness and mercy will never go any other way. They do not follow any path but the path of righteousness. A man may pray all he wants. He may proclaim scriptures all he wants and fast all year long if he or she is not set in the path of righteousness. Goodness and mercy will never, will never follow him. Goodness and mercy have been programmed by the Lord, programmed in the realm of the spirit to go one way, one way, and that way is the way of righteousness. To go one path, and that path is the path of righteousness. Any other path they do not recognize. So to activate the lifelong covenant of goodness and mercy, you must walk the path of righteousness. And that is only possible if you abide in him. Psalm 23 verse 3, he restores my soul. David speaking in Psalm 23 verse 3, he said, the Lord restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. And in verse 6, David with all boldness declared, saying, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Once you are set in the path of righteousness, surely goodness and mercy will follow you. How do you activate the covenant of goodness and mercy? By abiding him. Abiding in him will set you in the path of righteousness. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Amen and amen. Oh